buy less, choose well, make it last. That's the sort of like uh, a narrative we ha we have going, and 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 we we even though it hurts business short term, we believe that people in the future will see through uh, some of the big brands who are just like adding to the problem and not um, doing anything to prevent it. Everyone puts profits first, and and we we said um, yeah, we put impact first. Hello everybody, I'm Gil and this is Wes and welcome to the brand new podcast, The Leaf Colectivo. As always, we'll be speaking with some fantastic guests and sharing honest stories on direct-to-consumer brand building, e-commerce marketing and work culture in this modern era. If you heard our first episode, uh, you will know that I'm the CEO of Leaf. We're a tech company and performance marketing specialist for e-commerce, working with everybody from fast-growing upstarts all the way to global titans and the weird and beautiful in-between. Today is a special day for me and, and for us as a company uh, to have Robin from Vinokilo with us. Uh, Robin is the CEO and leader of uh, Europe's leading vintage clothing brand, Vinokilo. Robin, welcome. Thanks a lot. Um, honored to be here. Let's start at the beginning, right? I mean, Robin, you, you, you and I and us, you know, like... Uh, go back quite quite a bit right i mean a few years ago we we met in estonia uh when we were given really the very first steps of leaf music and equally funny enough you were given the first steps with with the parquet which was the the you know the you know what existed before uh how, how long ago was that gil like how many years ago no that was eight years ago seven years ago something like that yeah 2013 actually it's about this time in in, in 2013 that we were in estonia um, actually I got, I got, uh, you know, notified of it recently. So yeah, crazy, crazy times. And, you know, the, the one, you know, the, the circles of the world, but I mean, tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of like that early days, you know, for you and, and vintage and, you know, this whole, um, you know, something that right now is super, super normal, but I think at the day was, was, was pretty new. Yeah, 100%. So it's just to, to bring it maybe everyone in the audience back, like eight years ago, I, I did actually an internship uh, for, uh, I think that at that time, one of the five uh, accelerators which uh, which existed in Europe, um, Startup Wise Guys. And that's where I met uh, Gilbert, Helga, Daniel, Melvin, uh, working for Luz uh, Leaf Music at the time. And um, yeah, I think we, we clicked very soon. I think uh, Leaf FM uh, was absolute superstar of the cohort. And uh, yeah, for me at the time, an absolute role model. Um, I, I learned loads from just um, seeing um, yeah how how Gilbert interacted with all the mentors and and um, what sort of priorities he he set for the team and yeah it was a early inspiration for myself and and somehow in in, in that time I, I started uh, my own business um, and I started my first company which was called Dab Decade which was sort of like a Tinder for closets um, and yeah at that time the sort of like Tinder was just about to get really hyped and and we had a um, yeah, we ha I had the idea to 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 create a Tinder Lite app, which uh, facilitates the swapping and sharing of clothes. And uh, yeah, um, I, I I made some experience in Estonia, especially uh, at the flea markets there, which which uh, sort of uh, yeah drove um, yeah my 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 feeling towards solving one of I think humanity's biggest problems about the 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 clothing waste we as humans produce um, throughout the world. And um, a bit fast forward now, um, my, my company dubbed Decade at the time, um, I know it's a bit hard to pr pronounce, uh, didn't fly so well and had to close it. But somehow while closing it, um, a new company came up and that was Vino Kilo. And Vino Kilo is still what I'm doing today. It's uh, like um, Gilbert said, it's Europe's leading, um, one of Europe's leading vintage brands. We, we sell... Um, with our events, uh, vintage clothes in, in 10 different countries throughout Europe, um, plus uh, with our e-commerce store supply uh, thousands of people with um, yeah, secondhand clothes as a first-hand alternative. And with that, we want to uh, stop the, yeah, the way um, people consume and, um, and use the existing um, instead of producing new. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's really humbling, you know, to walk 
through the uh, through the warehouse and seeing the sheer size of the operation. Sometimes, you know, for for us, it's so difficult sometimes to imagine what sits behind uh, the scenes in many ways, you know, because, you know, we get to interact through, you know, this, you know, four worlds of, you know, of Zoom calls, right? Uh, but having had the opportunity to walk there, to see it, in, you know, firsthand, what goes on behind there. Um, for for those in the audience, uh, Bino Kilo runs out of a, a little village in the north of uh, Mainz in, in, in Germany. Uh, beautiful village, wine country. Um, but it's it's amazing, you know, that from there you touch every single city in Europe uh, through events, but also you know the world, you know, d d directly from from the e-commerce play. Um, I know the last two years uh, have been very difficult, given you know you know what the world's been going on, especially when Vino uh, Kilo at the time was pretty heavily events driven. Uh, that was an opportunity for you guys to reinvent yourself. Um, I know we just finished October. You know, it's the very best month you guys ever had in, you know, in the history of being a kilo, but also, you know, you back to being profitable after a year, right? So, I mean, it's, it's some amazing stuff, you know, I'm super happy that we actually get to do this, you know, the week after, you know, the announcement came, but, you know, congratulations, Robin, but also, you know, like it's not been easy, right? And I think the story of, of being a kilo, you know, coming to, you know, till today, it, it's a story of relentless uh, pursuit really as, as, as any other, yeah. you know, enterprises. Should I say maybe like two, three words about magnitude? I mean, like going into our warehouse, we our warehouse is around like six and a half thousand square meters and we have uh, 700,000 uh, items, uh, vintage, um, one of our kind clothing items sitting there at all times. And uh, yeah, we, we, we have, I think now in October, we had around uh, 90,000 visitors at our events, which I think is absolutely crazy. Um, of course, we also had few, five weekends, but still 90,000 people is just insane. Um, and uh, yeah, we had, um, yeah, we, we've now done sales um, this month, just on the event side of 2 million. Um, and that was, uh, I think, an absolute record in Mino Kilo's history. And uh, yeah, we've, we're of course also very thankful there to get some support from Leaf. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so that is, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a really good feeling after um, 12 months of not making a profit, you know, and, 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 and us as a business, we, we, we are without investors. We, we, we grew the business from, from like a small event in a, a hundred square meter flat to, uh, to where we are now, um, just by just having a good business model by, uh, producing good cash flows and just growing out of that. And then Corona hit us. Um, and, and, and it was, we were not used to not having money, right? It's, it was, it was crazy to make a month after month a loss and October feels really good. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and it's something that is interesting and, and really, you know, like at Leaf, um, you know, early this year, we we put our heads together and start talking about the values, right? And, and cultural building, especially as Leaf has been growing quite a bit over the last 12 months. I mean, we tripled the size of our company and continue to grow. Uh, it's easy to keep the culture and building that culture you know, from the founders to the to, to those early members. But as you grow, and especially when you're growing fast, uh, it means that you really need to be a little bit more intentional about the things that you put forward. I know in one of the, the posts recently that you chair, you talk about, uh, you know, human first decisions, right? Uh, and that's something that, you know, at Leaf, you know, we, 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 we chair with you guys, you know, one of our, our values, our core value is, is being uh, people first. For us, you know, it came because, you know, we we have to put that into place, you know, several times throughout the history of Leaf, especially after the pivot from Leaf Music to Leaf Grow. Uh, but more importantly, you know, like it, it is in the, those difficult times when you get tested. You know, it's it's very easy to put those values forward when things are rosy and everything is growing. But then when, when the hard times hit is when you get tested. Um, you you were very conscious about that, you know, through all the whole through whole period, especially as as you guys transition. Um, how how do you guys came to that? And especially you, right? I mean, this is the leader of the team uh, there. Yeah, I, 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 in many ways. I mean, generally, we 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 made a conscious decision throughout Corona that we want to. Um, 
not let anyone in the company go. It was not an easy. It was not an easy. It was not an easy decision to make, um, simply because you know, like we 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 have a lot of people who have uh, come from war zones and who, um, yeah, through us got their very first job. We fixed the paperwork for them and and um, and they were yeah full on dependent and uh, and build a future on Vinokilo. So for us, it was not like a a way of just saying hey. Um, we're we're cutting costs and 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 letting you go, but we had to make uh, very very tough decisions um, throughout the whole uh, Corona times, and and we we really said you know like uh, and this is one of the sort of values I've been brought up by my parents with right is that in the end of the day you know it's 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 about the it's about the many acts of kindness about our, about how you uh, treat people around yourself, and that is something I, I think everyone in Vino Kilo has taken in, and um, yeah, and that's what we live and stand by. Well, you know, when we came over to to Germany to visit you guys, we really felt that you're the only you're the only client of ours that have have, have treated us like we were the client, <laughs> which was like flipping this whole thing on its head. I remember like we were out for dinner one night and sneaking away so I could pay because you know we've been there for ten days and it was getting to the point where it was getting embarrassing. <laughs> like, right, okay, we need we need to no, at no, least no. pay for one meal or something, right? But no, genuinely, like you guys treated us like part of the family, and we feel like um, at Leaf we're we're exactly the same. We've got a people first approach. It's really easy to say that, and it's really really difficult to do it. You've got to make sacrifices to do that, and sometimes you've got to make decisions that looks like you're putting the company first, but sometimes you've got to put the company first to put the people first, because otherwise you're not going to have a company to employ the people. So it's this really difficult balancing act. And I think for us, having this people first approach is about, it's a benchmark and it's an aspiration. It's there to keep us, to hold us to account and to keep us on the right on the right path. And I really felt that when I came over to to visit you guys, the way you treated us, the way all your staff treated us was, was, was magic. And, you know, I think it's great working with people like that. We want to work with, with like-minded people and, and not just in, not just in business. You know, this is, we're spending the vast majority of our waking hours at work. And if you're going to do that, you want to work yeah, yeah. with good human beings and and, and, exactly. and have the same feeling and beliefs, right? Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, exactly. You want to spend it with people who who you love and trust, and and I know it's it sounds crazy, and I think uh, I think there's every second the book written out of Silicon Valley says don't start a business with your friends. Um, I mean, we we in Vinokilo we did the opposite like we are all Same. friends and many right <laughs> yeah. because in the end you know like uh, uh, building a business is tough building a business is um, means uh, you know like uh, it has a lot to do with trust and you spend a lot of time at home and you just want to not you want to spend it with people you love right and that's uh, that's the big difference right yeah and, and it is the investment right i mean i was uh, i was at all to see you know your dad and your mom you know, supporting you, right? I mean, it's it it, it and, and, and in a, in an amazing way, right? I mean, your dad was was the chief operating officer of of Condor, one of uh, you know Lufthansa's uh, airlines, and you know, like he has a, a tone of you know of wisdom and experience, and seeing him there walking the halls of Pinokilo, working with the staff, you know, like providing um, you know coaching and support you know even to me you know like you spend an hour with me yeah. <laughs> you know i was like uber you know let's talk you know let's talk for an hour uh but i mean it's, it's, but, it's but amazing getting to his see hands dirty as that, well right yeah. and not acting like some big corporate dude he's just like one of the one yeah. of the team i thought that was i mean cool, yeah. yeah i mean my dad i think he what he he always tells me i think he i mean he worked he was the coo of condor but also head of cabin crew for thomas cook at the uh, for a long time he had like five thousand people working for him and he really like he, he said to me like uh, uh, here at vino kilo i can really make true impact there's so many people in need and so many lives we're changing and uh, that is very very special and very different to um what he had experienced in a, in a big corporate, you know, where he, you have so you just so many small wheels, and then and that, yeah, he's he's really um, like all of us giving a hundred fifty thousand percent every day to uh, to make it work. Obviously, you know, we we were talking about this. I mean, it's kind of I don't want the episode to become political, but I, you know, at the end of the day, it's political in many ways because as companies. We take stands, 
right? Uh, in terms of, you know, who we work with and, and who we choose not to work with, at least at LEAF, you know, we, we're very uh, conscious with, with the brands that we onboard. Uh, we want to make sure that these are, you know, brands that we feel comfortable putting our brands next to. Um, and, but equally, you know, like in your case, Robin, I mean, Binokilo stands for a lot of things, right? I mean, as a, as a brand, you know, as a, you know, against fast fashion, uh, you even, uh, you know, were, were quite vocal, you know, uh, a, a few months ago about, you know, why you choose not to put Klarna, you know, which is a, a very well known, you know, uh, buy now, pay later kind of setup, which at the moment is kind of like on everybody's, you know, almost uh, setups, right? Um, how, how do you, how do you, you know, put that as part of the business in many ways? I mean, I mean, just to give the people more context, like we we uh, we said, I mean, like generally, Vino Kilo, we we take clothes which are thrown away and we reuse them as an alternative to fast fashion at our events and online. And uh, generally, what's what's happening is that many pay, uh, people use buy now, pay later service providers to increase conversions. Um, and we, we, we had the feeling that uh, especially Klarna um, gives a lot of young people who are not, um, who, do, who don't know about uh, credit schemes and, and, and who, are, who are sort of like caught into a, a consumption cycle. Um, they get those people to just keep buying, keep buying, keep buying and wear once and then throw out. And we wanted to make a statement towards that and really like say, hey, come to us, come to Vino Kilo, right? And if you find something, um, rather have buy less, choose well, make it last. That's the sort of like uh, a narrative we, we have going. And, and, and we, we, even though it hurts business short term, we believe that people in the future will see through uh, some of the big brands who are just like adding to the problem and not um, doing anything to prevent it. Everyone puts profits first. And, and we, we said, um, yeah, we put impact first. Yeah, quite, and it, 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 I mean, it's a bold move. I mean, it, um, I think it costs thirty-six percent conversion. It increases, right? Um, if you have Klarna in your checkout system, right? I mean, you guys are the experts in that. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, what, you know, we've used we've used Klarna with um, with a few of the brands where, like, the single items are more expensive to amortize the cost across a, a few months. You know, and exactly. uh, it does it, it it lowers the it has lowered the cost of acquisition and increased conversion rates. So, and it makes our job. As marketers, performance market is a little easier, um, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, you you set the culture for the company and the partners that you work with have got to have got to you know line up behind that culture. So, and then we've got to find alternative means to to be able to to lower the cost of acquisition and to drive and to drive growth. I think you've obviously, you know, this brings me on to some of the stuff I was really interested in in asking you about some of the challenges between the two sides of the business you've got your experiential side of the business so you know running events in about 118 cities across across europe and we run i think nine or ten a week or something uh and then you've got the e-com you've got the e-com store um that is and i mean that's been a serious challenge for for us as marketers to line up those two those two customers and have a single customer view um how do you see that how do you see that progressing into the future? I mean, what's the what's the vision for the experiential side and the econ side of the business? Um, and, I, I, you know, my point, just to rewind a little bit, is that actually, you know, we don't need Klarna for a company like Vino Kilo. You've got the experiential side of the business, which is amazing for, for in, introducing the brand to people. And they really feel that it's a tangible it's a it's a it's a physical it's a tangible experience probably the best way of introducing someone to a brand if you can do it but yeah what what's the what does the future look like and the challenges look like for experience and 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 e-com for for, for vino kilo yeah um how, how did you call it you to have the single uh point customer of view. customer view yeah so i think that that is uh, you know like i mean just in all honesty this is what we we thought about from day one of building Vino Kilo, and then just simply because we are uh, we have some blind spot, we're not experts in so many different fields. We didn't dare to think about it until Leaf came in and just said, "Hey, you know what? You got, you guys have like uh, every weekend fifteen twenty thousand people coming to your events." 
um, you have an e-commerce store and ads, uh, which costs shitloads of costs of ads, right, to get uh, traffic to your website. Why don't we bring these two together? You know, like and 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 that was the first time we actually uh, we went back to it. And I think that the, the, the it is the main challenge, right? How do we get um, um, the hundred thousand people coming into our events every month um, to to understand Vino Kilo as a service throughout the whole year, um, where they can buy secondhand clothes um, online and offline um, whenever they need, um, instead of just going to H&M around the corner and buying something fast fashion. So that is uh, the, one of the main challenges, and um, but it's also something really exciting for us. Yeah, and I, you know, I think another challenge, I think for us uh, last year was, um, you guys not running a sale around yeah. around this time of the year, right? And you know we've worked with a few a few companies who are like, yeah, we don't want to get involved in the quarter four sales period. It's a race to the bottom. Uh, it's not healthy. It's driving up advertising costs, but also demand is greater at this time of year. You know, and our our kind of message to you guys, and you know, via via Perry, uh, shout out to Perry, um, who works for Vino Kilo, uh, she's a star. Um, you know, was if you're not on sale. People are gonna go and shop with fast fashion with H because H and M's gonna be on sale. Urban Outfitters is gonna be on sale. Nike, Adidas. So actually, you could you potentially losing those customers that would buy from you because they're generally younger your customers as well, and they're probably a bit more price sensitive than you know people like me who are old and over the hill. Um, so yeah, I mean that that must have been a tricky, not a tough pill to swallow, but uh, I think it was a big a big culture change for you, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it it helped us. I mean, you guys helped us rethink this whole thing, and 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 generally just to to understand, we you know, like we 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 still don't believe that um, us going in this sort of race to the bottom with all the fast fashion brands is the way to go. But we can still, with a smart communication strategy, we can offer the people to buy something secondhand instead of firsthand, and that is. Uh, what um, what we are doing this year and sadly we don't it, it, the, the whole sort of sales plan is starting over the next days so I don't have any results to show but I um, yeah uh, I'm sure but it's they, also being creative right I mean yeah. and I think that some of the stuff that we're doing with you guys you know about around the drops and you know like th this is also one of the beauties of being a kilo is not only you know like the, the but it's the sheer quality of garments that you guys you know yeah. uh carry right um i like to think that you know a lot of that you know like you you, you carry from everything from gucci you know burberry all the way to you know a lot of the stuff that is you know in core fashion you know right now i mean and, and we're living through this kind of like psychical uh you know effort right i mean and and, and in which that vintage is you know it's, it's almost like nfts right i mean in itself uh you know they they actually you know grow in value with time um and 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 also like curating that you know like it was um you know, crazy to walk through the through the warehouse and seeing the curators and seeing the pickers and seeing, you know, the people that actually are are combing through all those, you know, hundreds of tons of, you know, of clothes that you guys, you know, carry and then, you know, curating and taking, you know, some of those things online, you know, we're, we're about to, you know, go live with, you know, a collection of, of vintage, amazing quality drops, right? I mean, includes things like that goes from, um, things like disney vintage really high quality stuff to things like the bulls you know when i was walking Chicago i saw the bulls, drop yeah. in the <laughs> uh, saw the drops in the in the warehouse i was like shit you know <laughs> yeah. i need to go and queue for that stuff but i mean it's just amazing right i mean the quality of that but also being creative about you know how do you take those how do you market those right and, and how do you balance right i mean between yeah. the events and then actually you know the whole online presence in many ways right yeah. and how do you how do you actually you know something that I was really interested in when I came over is 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 actually vintage clothing. There is a finite amount of vintage clothing, yeah. And actually, as people, and then obviously there is a supply because you know something that somebody wears today can become vintage tomorrow, right? Um, but how do you, you know, I'm really interested in how you see the challenge, how you see the future of the the experiential side and the ecom side, and this this challenge with with this with with, with the supply chain. Yeah, so it is, I mean, it is a challenge. I mean, uh, vintage uh, is booming like it's never done before. Um, and for us, vintage is everything sort of from the 60s to the 90s. 
um, um, or, or at least that's what we get. I mean, we get some 50s stuff as well, but it's very rare. Um, um, but yeah, how, how, how do we see it um, with, with the finite and how in the future is, is generally that, um, yeah, I mean, generally it, uh, it, it, we have to, I mean, we, we stand for quality, right? So we, we really make sure that the items we select um, and take back from people what they've thrown away, um, we make sure that we just take the items which are in good condition. And um, and yeah, we, we are constantly trying to find new sources um, and trying to um, yeah um, uh, make sure we, we, we perfectionate the process there and pick out the items which people don't want anymore. So we have services at our events where people can give back the clothes they don't want anymore and we have services online where they can send us the clothes they don't want anymore. So that's how we are trying to cover for the, the, uh, the finit resources um, that are in the vintage world. And it's interesting, this whole evolution, right? I mean, uh, through the whole pandemic, we've been indoors uh, for the most part until we, we went to Germany. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like just on the weekend, uh, me and Helga went, um, went to the city and it is crazy to see uh, vintage now hitting the high street. Right or, or as we call it here in, in you know in, in in the UK the high street right it's uh, it's becoming you know it's like they're having like you know brick and mortar I know you guys have in in, in mines as well uh, and it's starting to experiment a little bit with like brick and mortar stores but seeing you know like a vintage store next to you know one of the the, the you know the high fashion ones is 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 super interesting and is part of this evolution is part of you know the the massification of the you know the of uh, of vintages and in, in second hand in general right i mean it's part of yeah. this whole I mean, reusability part of you yeah know, i mean when when we, we when we started you know like we had like one out of ten people buy second hand and now it's like seven out of ten so so us sitting at home uh, uh watching uh, uh fashion brands uh, burn their seasonal products because they couldn't sell during COVID times has really added to to the awareness of consumers who are now all flocking out and saying, hey, it's not cool to buy uh, an item which has been produced in the hundred thousands and millions, right? But they just want to have one of a kind items which, uh, which yeah, someone has thrown away and want to reuse it. So uh, so we de we really see this, this change of wanting to be unique, look unique, but also uh, to be conscious about the purchase one does. Now, obviously, you know, at this moment, we're sitting on the rosy side of the story, right? With Vinokilo, we're making it, you know, and we have a super rosy uh, outlook. Um, looking back, you know, what would you think is, it was one of the, the, the hardest parts of, or the hardest lessons learned, you know, for, for you? Hmm. Okay. Um, hardest lessons learned. Um, I, th I think. I mean, there's there's many. I I'll just name a few. So so one was um, I, we I, we as a cash uh, a business which grew out of a cash flow. Um, we did, uh, in looking back, we didn't have enough buffer on our accounts when, when COVID hit, right? So we had uh, one month, uh, maybe one and a half months working capital. Um, and that looking back uh, was too little. So when we had, uh, I think COVID hit in Germany 17th of um, March, um, we, we canceled 120 events and, and, and uh, yeah, we were not prepared for it. So that was one thing I... I definitely I criticize a lot and then also I mean just very openly like in October 2020 um, another COVID lesson uh, uh, I learned was we we had a really really good month I think the best month at that time in Vino Kilos history and we decided hey you know what um, October has been really good we've lost a lot of money this year how about we invest a bit more now and get out of the crisis faster and we um, I think we were a bit too uh, bullish or egoistic driven in that moment because second wave hit and and um, yeah we we again we didn't have enough uh, set aside to navigate through um, the, the the another five months of, of of the corona right so that these are two things which which have uh, which I've painfully learned during corona times and I've been recently reflecting a bit on them um, yeah and, and and the third one I mean that is 
that is one thing I, I, I feel very painful about is, is uh, not um, building up the e-commerce sooner. Um, I think the e-commerce uh, side of the business we saw actually since day one, but we, we somehow said, hey, let's focus on one side of the business and execute it well and then use the money from one, the, uh, one side of the business to fund the other. Um, but somehow we've also lost a lot of experimentation time in that sense. And... Um, and sometimes I feel um, if we would have started back in 2016-17 um, full-on with e-commerce, um, it would have been really good for us. Hindsight, everything is 2020, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, we're here, right? I mean, it, it is growing. It's is 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 shifting now. Something that is very you know special about you guys is that you're cash flow there and you're bootstrapped, right? Uh, you're also creative, right? You make a lot of the use of, you know, services like, you know, like, like ClearBank and things like that, where, you know, it allows you to, you know, Uncapped, to finance yeah. some of the ad spend and, you know, and some of the capital without actually having to give away, uh, you know, like any, um, uh, you know, any stage in, in, in stake in, your, in the company. Um, yeah. So can you walk us through some of that? I mean, we were skeptics at first, you know, and and obviously, you know, like uh, on our side, you know, despite the fact that we get involved, you know, pretty heavily on the performance side, you know, of the, you know, of the operation and the demand generation side of it, you know, we get very little view into the actual operations of, you know, of 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 a brand, right? I mean, we we get as far as understanding union economics, you know, for the brand to make sure that those inform the you know, the KPIs that we're driven, but um, what, what, you know, what are, what would be the, the, you know, the, the, your lessons or chairs or, you know, for, for brands out there, you know, and, and entrepreneurs out there who are building bootstrap cash flow driven businesses, you know, um, and, you know, like what has been like some of the great, and I know you laugh because it's, it's hard as well, but, you know, you, you've done well, you know, like in, in, you know, <laughs> But, uh, after the fact though i mean uh, it's uh, i really appreciate the the funny thing is i i, I think um, um i i it it seems somehow this sort of like funding has been very glorified you know it i somehow feel that people don't uh, or companies don't focus on building a business but just focusing on getting funding and and that is something which I, I I feel weird about because sometimes if you really look deep you realize hey um, you're just manipulating numbers um, to get investors to fall into that I call a Ponzi scheme you know and um, and here is and, a converter that used to work on this yeah, yeah. You know, and and, and things yeah so, so so that that's how how I see it sometimes and and very very often is if you if you think about it you can actually grow and fund your business yourself and very often it has to do with payment terms uh, with tax payment terms with uh, uh, supplier terms and you can uh, negotiate those or you can work them in a way to your advantage and in the end I mean like uh, I have to say in the we're working on it with leaf at the moment to get this going in the post COVID times, but in the pre-COVID times, um, it was we we had a spreadsheet which was like, okay, um, how many uh, events are we gonna run? How much? Uh, traffic do we need to bring to those events to get how many tickets when we know how many like pre-sign up or tickets or I or it could be also how many people are pressed going interested on Facebook we would know how many people would actually convert to the events we would know how much uh, the average basket sizes how many people coming to the events would convert to actual buyers and then we just you know like work those numbers uh, to the revenues and then we we, we, we we knew already which events are worthwhile to run which ones are not and we knew uh, how much cash they would produce um, every month so it was just uh, just putting in the numbers and and uh, um, yeah and we were one to two percent off from our predictions in the pre-corona times and I can really um, um, give this to many uh, people to really not um, if you spend half a year uh, looking for investors versus spending half a year on really finding um, a business model that um, that works for you um, I, I would take the latter right and that's and that's key right I mean and I think uh, you know we've learned that as well right I mean when we pivoted leave you know we pivoted with very very little cash you know we only had you know, less than, than three months worth of runway in the bank, um, you know, equally to you, although, you know, our 
payroll was a lot smaller than yours, um, you know, we decided not to take, you know, not to let go of anybody, you know, like the founders, we, we, we took a pay cut, a uh, massive one, you know, just to help, you know, like see through the, 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 the time, but we conquered, right? I mean, but also I think it pushes you to be able to build that, that rock solid business model, right? I mean, for me, especially the day that we live in today when, you know, like, you know, pre-seat uh, rounds are going through the roof, you know, stupid valuations on an idea uh, without execution experience or any of those things, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But seeing it where you really need to work out, I mean, similar to you, I mean, we work out of a spreadsheet up until recently, right? Yeah. Um, where we were tracking uh, our our fixed costs and, 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 and all that. <clears throat> Luckily, we now have an amazing CFO with us, but, you know, that is helping us, you know, like uh, build this into a system and into a machine that, you know, really help us forecast into the future. But it's difficult, right? But also, this is the stuff that a lot of entrepreneurs thinks, or even if they think it, they think it a lot later. Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think that was something how we looked at it. And I, uh, yeah, and um, let's see. I mean, we're working at the moment with... Uh, I know we live on, on predicting um, uh, again very precisely how many uh, pre-signups to every event we will have and that uh, will help us also estimate um, again what revenues we can expect and uh, and we can build so much on our forecasting and our growth uh, on that and that is just fantastic. Um, so, I mean, we're, I think we're, we're getting to, to the end of our time, uh, you know, here. I mean, we, I think we could be, because we've done it before, you know, just, just a long time ago, not, not too long ago, uh, spent hours talking. But, you know, we wanted to take the chance. We, you know, we thought we were going to record this back in Germany all together, but, you know, it was quite busy. Um, Robin, I mean, it, it's, it's a pleasure to see you guys work. You know, it's a pleasure to work with you guys. Uh, you know, all of the challenges that, that we live as a, as a business, you know, are, are, you know, we share a lot of those, but, you know, I think we also help each other in growing and, and you know, the way we see it as a, um, you know, with, with a lot of our, uh, uh, the great majority, if not all of our, of our customers, but what, what do you think are like three takeaways, you know, like for businesses today, you know, like from what you've seen, you know, also, you know, like um, things that you've learned, you know, maybe from us, because sometimes it's, you know, if there is any, you know, as well, you know, from that could help businesses out there. Uh, you know, we talk a lot, a lot about, you know, brands. I mean, there is 2022 around the corner, you know, like, how do you prepare for that? So uh, it's funny. I mean, like um, one, one thing I've, uh, what I've learned really recently from you guys is not to, um, to hide off um, a, a hide off a wish or a vision of the business because I think it's not possible to build because we don't have the ca capacity in-house. I think it's important to really also think beyond your capacities and also uh, look around who can help you with, right? And that was, uh, you, you've, you've actually, you said this to Perry, you said this to me, right? Uh, don't shut off, uh, but rather like, tell us what you want so we can help you. That That is something I've, I've kept in mind a lot. Um, I think, just just uh, to add to that, that, that exact mentality and the businesses, you push us, you push us, when you don't have any limitations to your ideation and to your desires and your requests, you push us to solve these these challenges and you keep us very, very sharp at the at the very front, you know, bleeding edge of this. So we need that. Yeah, and I mean the way you you know said this to not have these limitations, that is uh, that is honestly for an entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneur the most sort of best feeling you give because in the end you're know, like i see us sometimes you know like as, as artists as creatives you know like we want to create and we don't want to work in a box you know like uh, then uh, yeah uh, so th so that that's that's one thing the, the second thing is really like um i feel even though you know like it's um we're we're a big organization i feel that accountability is something you know like uh, really important especially when you grow very fast you have to build up middle management uh, you have to build a bit uh, build up people who are accountable who who are passionate accountable um but also who are long term with you and who want to want to create that's sort of the second thing i learned and um yeah, the third thing is, 
maybe you guys have a third thing. <laughs> well, while, while you think about the third thing, just on what you were saying there, obviously, you've, you, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier on about building a business, typical Silicon Valley bullshit, don't build a business with friends. And then you speak to people who've actually built a good business and they're like, definitely build a business with friends and people you can trust and you want to spend a lot of time with, you know, I know there's lots of people we could mention in your, in your company, but obviously one in particular, the Mushroom King, Mr. Mr. Thomas Love. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Who looked after us, um, you know, treated me, Gil personally like brothers and really looked after us. So I want to give a, a shout out to Tom J for driving us around everywhere and treating us like, like family. And, you know, you've got, yeah, you've got a good one uh, there for sure. 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 100%. And maybe along that line, you know, like, um, you know, like uh, friendships, you know, like, uh, I mean, just, just very openly, I, I would advise everyone to ask for help. And I, uh, I don't know if Gil talks about this, but I, he has three, four times, I think, on really busy evenings, busy days, says, Robin, let's jump on a half an hour call. And it was like two and a half hours or, you know, like, and, and, and he was giving me advice. And he, it was like, in that moment, it was such crucial advice because it unhinged something I was really blocked in. So, yeah, really ask for help in your network, right? And a network of friends and that, uh, yeah, really thank Thanks for that. And um, I don't know if I'm allowed to, but I, I, uh, uh, I'll just go for it. <laughs> I would love to spin the ball also towards you guys, right? What is for you at the moment, right? At, at LEAF, um, the sort of next challenges you guys are facing um, and which you are um, yeah, specifically excited to fix. I mean, it, it's it's a tough one. I mean, we spent a lot of nights, you know, going through this uh, or mornings, like this morning was ringing me at seven in the morning, <laughs> like uh, just because there is something <laughs> in there, you know, like just that's a different line on something before I have my nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, um, it, it is. It, it is about scale, right? It's about making sure that as you scale, you're able to retain the same level of quality of service. It's about, you know, making sure that, you know, that substance that makes us leave remains. I mean, um, we are a tech company, you know, uh, first. Uh, We're a service company, second, but it's the service that drives us, you know, to what what we do. We start every all hands, you know, with one quote that says, people don't exactly remember what you did or say, they will always remember how you made them feel. Now we we use this not just for the way we, you know, we interact with customers. We 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 try to really put this into everything that we do within ourselves, right? And making sure that the people that we're bringing into the business, you know, I was telling Wes this morning, you know, as we scale and as we look at next year, uh, and you know, and especially you know, as as we're closing this, uh, we're gonna have to become killer machine at attracting the right sort of people into the company, right? It's not just about attracting the right sort of customers. It's about attracting the right sort of people that, you know, believes in in the same things that you believe that, you know, can take into account the values and, you know, that, that you put forward, um, but also that can represent you, you know, and what you stand for out there, but also can make you better, right? Um, and I think that for us, obviously, you know, there are the technical challenges, right? Like Apple and Facebook, you know, going into war, you know, and all these crazy things, right? That, I mean, that's our bread and butter, right? Like we take into those challenges every single day on behalf of our customers, you know, to solve, to fix and to scale. But, you know, in order for us to be able to remain in delivering the, the level of service that we do, it's really about people, right? At the end of the day, the technology comes, you know, like, and we've been able to build all these different things, that we've been able to do because of the people that we've been able to, you know, to bring along. Just, you know, just to what, just to add to us, that, you know? <laughs> the people thing. People, I think the general public or, uh, you know, clients sometimes might think that like the technology is this abstract thing that builds itself, and it doesn't. People build technology. Like it is all about. It's all about people. The people is a manifestation of. Uh, sorry, the technology is a manifestation of people's ideas and people's hard work. And it, it's funny, my personal evolution of my mindset since we started this thing went from worrying about myself and my effect on the business and whether I was working hard enough or doing a good good enough job and whether I was good as everybody else. And especially when I was like 
the the digital total moron in the company. You know, I'm just a words person uh, and a motor mouth. And uh, then I started worrying about um, the clients when we started to get clients and I was just always worried about the clients we were the right service are they going to are they going to leave us we don't have any contracts we don't know what we're doing we're making it up as we go along uh, and now I'm worried about our people and it, it because we've got more people but also the people look after everything else they look after the clients they build the technology they help us build the company and they look after your people and the people maketh the company and that's been as we've grown very very quick quickly we've tripled the size of the company in the past year and we'll probably do it again over the next year and now I'm just like worried all the time about about our employees and like if they feel okay and it, and I think it's heightened in this remote world that we're living in right I mean we've always been a remote company but we've always been in the office and then had other people working remote and now we're all we're all remote and I worry about you know, some people just sat on their own in a really far off part of the world and I don't really understand their culture and I've never been to their country before and, and how are they feeling and how do I talk to these people? And I mean, I'm just very, very honest and very open with, with our employees and always ask them how they're feeling all the time. But it's funny that mindset as you start to grow a company, it's just about worrying about worrying about people and less about the business per se and less about less about the clients. Yeah, it's, it's that transformation, I think, and, you know, and, and, the, and the rest follows, kind of, right? I mean, in a way, I mean, something, you know, uh, one of our biggest sources of customers is a referral from other customers, right? I mean, people telling other people, uh, and I think that that also keeps us humble as well, right? And keep us grounded as well in, the, in a way that, you know, you're also kind of like, uh, you need to deliver on, on, on that because somebody else has put their, their you know, their they're worth, you know, uh, ahead of you, right? In many ways, and and making sure that you translate that into into your team as well is is key. Yeah. So in the, I mean, in the end, you know, like if you if you really like even root cause that you're thinking uh, uh, hiring a killer uh, attracting the right people, you know, like the killer machine of right people is actually your sales funnel, right? If you think it like that, right? And and so everything with you guys, you know, starts with culture and uh, uh you know like the the quality uh, uh, and the quality of hiring right and that also leads in the end to more sales yeah, that's fascinating yeah. if you think about no no it no like it that, is right? i mean and, and that's the thing right i mean the thing is the realization that no matter you know it, it can be that you know 80 percent of our business is, is tech driven right i mean it's tech at the core right but that 20 percent of humanity that sits in between you know, that makes a major difference, you know, it's what, you know, it's what makes the, the other 80% work, scale, deliver, right? I mean, in, at the end of the day, you know, in marketing, it's a human business, right? Like you're, it, it, you're talking to humans, right? You're talking to, you know, to emotions, right? You're, you're, you're leveraging that to give people, you know, what they're after in, in a way that is responsible, right? Um, and which is why, you know, we also, you know, choose very, very, you know, uh, very much of who we want our names to be associated with, right? And 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 sometimes that means saying no to big sizable contracts, right? Uh, but it it's it stands with you, right? And sometimes you know, if you're a tobacco or a gambling company <laughs> or anything remotely like that, we are never going to work. We are always going to say no. So don't even reach out. Yeah, I mean, Thank and you. it's funny, right? I mean, we have friends that work on and <laughs> on some of those industries, and and you know, just you know, like. They, 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 they play a role. And it's funny, you know, like, because a lot of the, the role that they're playing now is saying no or, or making up for, for the, the things of the past. But I think we have, we, we have a chance to stand behind. I mean, you know, it's like Facebook, right? I mean, we, it's not like we're blind to a lot of the things that, you know, can go wrong there. But also the fact that, you know, there are being politicians have come to us, you know, to, to, to want to use our technology and our services. And we've said no. Right. I mean, and and, and especially because, you know, we, we know the power of some of this stuff. But just because, you know, you can kill with a knife, it doesn't mean that you're not going to use a knife for, for the right things. Right. Uh, it's about, you know, how you make sure that your technology, your services, you know, the, the one thing that you stand up every day, you know, is actually using their, you know, for good and for the right things rather than, you know stigmatize the, the things just you were talking just just like that with you know earlier about the stigma that that sits around you know refugees and all this i mean people think that somehow they you know they're all 
people are coming and going to come in and work out of benefits and stuff like that. No, they don't, right? I mean, there is, you know, Saria, right? Uh, you know, in, in your team, right? I mean, a kid, amazing kid that came from Syria, right? I mean, and, 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 and it's super bright, super smart, you know, that we get to collaborate with him every single day. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the type of impact that that can have, right? I mean, we see it a lot with Venezuelans, you know, we have, you know, Venezuelan members in the team, you know, like the only reason they, they have had to leave their countries is because of, you know, political reasons that drives a lot of this stuff. It doesn't take away from the value and the impact that they can have, um, you know, in yeah, your business people, in the, the world. Most people at the end of the day, 100% would just want to be able to determine their own future and have some and have some control over their future. And unfortunately, in the world we live in, it's about it's about money, and it's about having it's about having a job and being seen to be, you know, like you know, being seen to be going to church on Sundays and things like that, you know. And I think, um, yeah, again, it's a global, it's one planet. We need a one planet solution. Um, Robin, any final words? Any parting words of wisdom? Um, any other question as well anyway. like <laughs> you, you turn it around and it's all right. I'm actually I'm actually using this I've already had two three ideas from based on what you say so I'm busy writing those ideas down <laughs> it's always what happens right you know like I, I, I get all these ideas from how you do things um, no um, um, what's it called parting words um, yeah I mean like for, for, for I just generally believe that um, and nowadays I think we yeah we should really like um, even though money plays such a big uh, big role in our society and and I, I do believe that uh, for all the people who are starting a business um, I think they should really think about building a business which um, yeah Im impacts our uh, our planet in one way and builds a culture that um, um, puts people at the center or humans at the center and I think that is um, uh, really, um, um, yeah, what what will drive success in the future and, um, and yeah, and ultimate also happiness, right? And I think um, that is also what I, I heard just now from, from you guys and I've just taken up your words now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, thanks. Thanks, Robin. I mean, so, I mean, everybody, that's our podcast for today. I mean, I hope you enjoy it uh, as much as we've done, you know, recording uh, today, you know, having this, this experience, you know, ranting or not, political or not. I mean, this is the world we live in, right? I mean, sometimes, you know, we need to take stands, you know, and, and everything that we do. Um, so thanks, everybody, you know, to tune in, you know, to make it this far in this you know, random, beautiful conversation among friends. Uh, and, you know, hopefully together we're, we're, you know, we're making the world, you know, a better place. Uh, you know, again, thanks for your support on this one. You know, go and listen to the first episode if you haven't done that. Um, all of our handles and everything for Bino Kilo, for us and for everybody are in the screen. Uh, follow Robin on personally. You know, he has a lot of fun you know, stuff on Instagram and stuff, you know, uh, on the Saturdays, on the Sundays, you know, goes, you know, like uh, bike like crazy, you know, into the into the mountains of, of Germany. Uh, and, you know, he's, I asked him, you know, whether you, you were a model or not, because, I mean, you're <laughs> super fashionable. You know, Tom Show was saying <laughs> that, you know, when he joined Vinokilo, he was all black. And now he wears like colorful clothes. Uh, it, it is, it goes with the, with this, but I mean... Yeah, th thanks for being here, you know, like, uh, and, you know, we hope that, that you get to experience some of this. Uh, as always, have a great day. And as we say in Costa Rica, pura vida. Bye-bye.